Good evening. I am Hugh Wuthering. Or should I say, the ghost of Hugh Wuthering. <laughs> I can feel your blood run ice cold in fear already. Today, on this very spooky sound of play, I am your host. Or should I say, your ghost. <laughs> Let us now summon in our three guests, or should I say, our three go- No, no, I've already, already used that one. Uh, 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 I, 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 were we not Leo, recording what, Witcher today? On? I'm- Where's uh, Leon? <sighs> new terrifying game show, Chills, Tunes, Death. Welcome to Hugh Wuthering's Musical Spectacular Trivia Frightening Round. <laughs> Thank you for coming into my evil realm of evil trivia evilness. I am Hugh Wuthering, as you'll remember from past Sounds of Play Halloween special, if I recall some of the most highly rated and anticipated episodes of the show. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Who were you? I, I don't remember the name. Huel Withering, the ghost of Huel Withering. You'll remember me from some of the community's <sighs> favorite sounds of play in years past. Mm. Yeah, still, still not ringing a bell. Didn't I punch you? Howard Withering? Who? Uh, Huel. You'll, you'll remember me as one of the most beloved figures of Sound of Play mythology. Yeah, still not ringing a bell. Sorry. Kane and Rin's Sound of Play, right? Uh, you know what? To fill you in on my backstory, I used to host Kane and Rince originally back in the early 1900s when Leon was just a child. But something happened. I died in a mysterious accident and forever blamed Leon because he inherited the show. I have since then sworn my vengeance onto Leon and have haunted the show every October 31st. That pretty much sums it up, right? So we're not recording The Witcher, is that... Not recording I... The Witcher, but if you would like to keep a certain witchiness attitude about it, then I would appreciate that. Uh, Carl, you'll remember you killed me two years ago, and uh, Josh, you banished me last year, so... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, shame on both of you, Leah. I just, uh, I don't know. It's nothing against women in the gaming industry, <laughs> I'm sure. It's all about ethics. <laughs> don't lump me in with that crowd. Ooh, I'm just Very a spooky. terrifying ghoul. This is getting away from us already. Let's talk about the first track that we played on the way in. Little did you know that I've already seeded an audio fright into your ears subconsciously. This track, Mephiles Whisper, is from Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Wait, I, I really like Sonic. From Sonic the Hedgehog. 2006. Ah. <laughs> oh, no. This song, Mephiles Whisper, composed by some combination of Hideaki Kobayashi, Tomoya Otani, Mariko Nanba, Tahe Sato, 
and or Takahito Eguchi is a nice little ditty that kind of ramps up towards the end there, but has a nice and spooky atmosphere that I thought led in well to today's show. And like the game it came from, today's show is all about torture and misery. <laughs> yes, as I had mentioned before, we are going to be playing a game show of sorts. I'm testing out new things to get more hobbies, as has been recommended to me in my ghostly self-help group. The game we're going to be playing, my frightening round, is going to be based on video game industry trivia, some of it having to do with games themselves, some of it having to do with the music, but all of it having to do with the theme of horror. Each of you are my contestants, and will be taking turns answering questions. There will be three questions in each round, one for each of you, and if the audience at home would like to play, there will be time for you to answer as well, and score yourself on the honor system, and, and chime in on Twitter to tell us how well you did. Ooh. And did I mention that only one of you will come out of this alive? <laughs> Leah, Carl, it was nice knowing you. <sighs> you know what? It's on. It's going to make a dent in The Witcher show, isn't it? Yeah, one way or the other, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll start with question one. This goes to Carl. The composers of this delightfully spooky, Bloodborne soundtrack have extensive ties to Hollywood as well. Which of these actors has not starred in a film with a soundtrack composed by a Bloodborne composer? A. Emily Watson B. Nicolas Cage C. Jackie Chan or D. Matt Damon Ooh, that is tough. I wouldn't go for Nicolas Cage because he gets where a draft wouldn't. So he's probably touched one of these composers. Not in that manner. We're not on a Weinstein special. Oh, God. Um, I will go for A. Emily Watson. Emily Watson, that is actually correct. Woohoo! Michael Wandmarker composed Drive Angry 3D, starring Nicolas Cage, and Drunken Master 2, starring Jackie Chan. And Ryan Amon composed Elysium, starring Matt Damon. Or as I like to call him, Matt Demon. Among the composer's credits is the surprising inclusion of From Justin to Kelly. Terrifying, truly. From Justin to Kelly to Bloodborne. Who would have thought? That is one point for Carl Moon. Number two goes to Leah. 1997's Nightmare Creatures was made by the French studio Callisto Entertainment. How old was CEO Nicolas Gaum when he founded the company in 1990? A. 15 B. 19 C. 28 Or D. 46 Ooh, wow. Okay, I'm gonna say 19 B. That is also correct. Hey! Very good job. I knew that completely. It was not a guess at all. Well, one point for Leah. I'm afraid my murder is going to have to wait. The final game, produced by Callisto Entertainment, was Castleween in 2002. A fittingly spooky end to the company. This third question goes to Joshua Garrity. Which of the following cameo characters can players dress up as in Costume Quest 2? A. Manny Calavera B. Sackboy C. Ratchet Or D. 
Todd McFarlane's spawn. Somehow I feel like feel like I would know if it was Todd McFarlane's spawn. Uh, mainly because I don't think anyone's you know spoken about spawn in like almost 20 years. So that that somehow I think that would make the front page of Kotaku. Um, so I'm going to go with Manny. With Manny Calavera, the Tim Schafer connection, of course. Unfortunately, that is not correct. Instead, Sackboy appeared as a PlayStation platform exclusive character. No points for Josh. Tasha Harris, the director of Costume Quest 2, also did animation for the terrifying Monsters, Inc. We have more questions ready to go, but first, let's listen to a little bit more video game music. This next track is called Resting Grounds. It is composed by Christopher Larkin from the 2017 game Hollow Knight. Have any of you had the chance to play Hollow Knight? You won't, of course, after today because most of you will be dead. But up to this point, have any of you played Hollow Knight? I would have liked to have uh, played more of it, but unfortunately, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to die, it looks like, based on the score so far. Um, it's it's really, like, the art style's great. Um, I, I, you know, it's cliche to say something looks like a cartoon, but it really does look like a cartoon. And it's just, you know, it's packed with atmosphere and it's really channeling the best parts of metroidvania games i've sadly not played it it's something that i do want to play but it's i'm saving all my money at the moment so there's no video games being bought remember to save your money so that you can put coins over your eyes when you're dead <laughs> the soundtrack composed by christopher larkin i can't tell whether it's done with the real orchestra or with synthesized music i, I kind of lean towards the latter, but it has very lush, very slow, mournful, kind of reserved feeling to it, which is just beautiful throughout. But this particular track, I feel, is kind of like a nice funeral march, like a really mournful song, and that's what really draws me to it. It reminds me of my own funeral, attended by no one. So let us listen to Resting Grounds from Hollow Knight.
We have three more questions for our contestants today. If you are playing along at home, then do the honorable thing and kill yourself if you don't get them correct. That is Huel Withering's final request. Question four goes to Carl again. The cancelled Alan Wake 2 prototype introduced what mechanic into the series? A. Unarmed melee combat. B. Rewriting events to conjure objects in the real world. C. Switching perspectives between Alan Wake and his dark doppelganger, Mr. Scratch. Or D. Using clues from the daytime world to find the shadow doppelgangers of each townsperson. All of them sound like they would improve it. That said, probably B? That again is correct. You could rewrite events to conjure objects into the game world. A test level shown to Polygon ended with Alan Wake being abducted by aliens. Number five goes to Leah. The frighteningly named Hall of Tortured Souls is a first-person Doom-like game included as an easter egg in which of the following pieces of software? A. Appleworks B. ZBasic C. Excel 95 or D. TurboTax 2000 Taxes are spooky enough on their own, so I am going to guess uh, C, Excel 95. Good job, that is also correct. The team would later include a 3D flight simulator in Excel 97. And Josh, you're going to have to start earning some points at some point. Number six goes to you. What final message does the radio give the player to signal their release from P.T.'s haunted looping hallway? A. The time has come. B. Look behind you. C. Do you understand? Or D. You have been chosen. Um, I did play P.T., but due to, um, I was scared. I was scared, Huel, and I just I couldn't complete it, so I don't know uh, the answer to this question, but I'm going to guess and say A? A, the time has come. I'm afraid is not correct. Oh, it's no. D. I know this one. It's D. I'm afraid you can't steal the points, oh. but the answer is D. You've been chosen. Kojima's studio, named 7780's studio for the game, shares its numerical namesake with the area in square kilometers of Shizuka Prefecture, Shizuka translating to Quiet Hills. Many layers. He's like an onion. So this next piece of music comes from Super Mario Galaxy, which might not appear spooky until you take into consideration that Mario, much like my ghostly brethren, can possess living beings without their consent. <laughs> but not in this game. Of course, this was back in his early days when he would have to rely on other creatures to do the spooking for him. This is from one of the haunted galaxies. This song is called Teresa Waltz, Ghostly Galaxy and it's composed by Mahito Yokota from some of the particularly interesting haunted galaxies in Super Mario Galaxy, which did a great job of opening up the architecture and really letting the ghosts inhabit this abstract space meant to scare the poop out of you.
And now time for our next round of questions. Number seven goes to Carl Moon. Sweet Home, released for Famicom in 1989, is considered by many to be the first true survival horror game, and many of its mechanics went on to inspire those of prominent horror games going forward. The game's director went on to produce which seminal horror game? A. Resident Evil B. Silent Hill C. Fatal Frame or D, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. That's got me thinking, because I know this game, and I haven't actually put two and two together with the designer. Logic would lead me to think that it could be Resident Evil because of the turn that Seven's taken. I will go with A. Resident Evil is again correct. Sweet Home was based on a film of the same name directed by Japanese horror icon Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who supervised production of the game. That is three points to Carl Moon. Number eight goes to Leah. The morbidly named Jason Graves scored all of the five console Dead Space games. To which of the following Kanan Rince discussed games did Graves not provide a score? A. The Darkness B. Tomb Raider 2013 C. The Order 1886 or D, Until Dawn. God, I was on two of those episodes. Uh, I should probably know this. Uh, I would say Tomb Raider, but I think that might be too obvious. I think that I am going to say Until Dawn. I'm sorry, the answer is The Darkness. The Darkness was scored by Gustav Grefberg, who later went on to score Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. Josh, it's it's not looking good. The score right now is Carl Moon with three points, Leah with two, and Josh with nothing. <laughs> That's what you get for last year. <laughs> Number nine to Josh, ghoulie grabbing composer Grant Kirkhope also provided the music for a game adaptation of which horror property. A. Are You Afraid of the Dark? B. Goosebumps? C. Gremlins? Or D. Ghostbusters? My instinct is to say Goosebumps only because theming-wise, like, it matches Grant Kirkhope's uh, tone with most of his music, so I'm gonna go with Goosebumps. Goosebumps, I'm afraid, is not correct. Oh my god. The answer is D, Ghostbusters. Fireforge Games, who developed Ghostbusters 2016, filed for bankruptcy three days after the game's release. Just a bit of a morbid fact. We're going on now to the next track called Character Select Room Theme, composed by Hirohiko Takayama, and this is from the Friday the 13th NES game. What I like about this is that it has a really chilling tune to it, and the impersonal sound of the NES gives it this nice kind of ringing, bellsy tone that I think really brings out the creepiness of this tune. Do any of you with appreciation for the Friday the 13th film series, remember this particular game? I've tried to play it. It's not a good game. It's very difficult, uh, and I have never been able to complete it. Let's just put it that way. 
Are you a fan of the films, or was it just the game that got you curious? No, I'm I'm a fan of the films. I I enjoy um, horror movies in general and slasher horror in particular, and uh, that that is one of the series that I I find. Uh, I find entertaining. So, uh, yep, I, I enjoy the movies. I have not played the uh, the recent um, multiplayer online Friday the 13th game, but uh, I've watched some video of it. Uh, this particular Friday the 13th game, I've, as I say, I've tried, but I've never gotten very far. All the kids keep dying. I don't <laughs> know what's up with that. Just the way I like it. Well, let us listen to character select room theme from Friday the 13th. set of questions. Number 10 goes to Carl Moon. Horror classic Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem remains a standalone experience, but director Dennis Dyack has, on multiple occasions, attempted to secure funding for a spiritual sequel, which he has named what? A. Labyrinth of Darkness. B. Shadow of the Eternals. C. Palace of the Elders. Or D, Penumbra Overture? Uh, I should know this one because I've done quite a bit of reading on the man. I would say B. I think B is the one that seems to ring the most bells. B is again correct. Shadow of the Eternals. Dyak has remained dedicated to this vision, stating that he is also considering Shadow of the Eternals as a film and television property. That is Carl's fourth point. Number 11 goes to Leah. You find a creepy skeletal easter egg in 2016's Hitman reboot by dressing as a plague doctor and finding a crypt key hidden in what kind of environmental object? A. A coin purse B. A gelato cup C. A confessional or D. A wine bottle I did not play Hitman. Okay, I'm gonna have to think about that, uh... In regards to the videos that I've watched, and I'm gonna say that sounds to me like D, a wine bottle. That is correct again. 
Didn't lose any more ground, thank goodness. That is your third point, making you three ahead of Josh. (laughs) (laughs) You can summon a kraken to sink a boat in the same level. Number 12 goes to Josh. Cuphead composer Christopher Madigan is the principal percussionist for what group? A. The Alberta Symphony Orchestra B. The National Ballet of Canada C. The Canadian Opera Company or D. Rush So, Hugh, you you didn't see me losing badly and think, you know what, I'll throw him <laughs> I'll throw him a handicap, I'll throw him an easy one just so he feels a little bit better about, you know, death um, so, I just like murder so damn much. Hugh is really angry about last year, Josh. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> that way. This is really going to be a stab in the dark because I, I actually don't know anything about Cuphead or its composer. Just that a tutorial is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with D. With Rush? Oh, no, sorry. Uh, I'll go with... I'll go with... I'll go with C. With C, the Canadian Opera Company is again incorrect. I'm sorry. Was it Rush? I hope it was Rush. No, unfortunately, Neil Peart did not compose for Cuphead, but... It's disappointing. The correct answer was B, the National Ballet of Canada. Cuphead Studio MDHR is an abbreviation of the name Moldenhauer, the last name of both studio founders. And with that, we are moving on to another piece of music. This next track is from Shovel Knight, and it is called Shadows and Scythes. This in particular is from the Spectre of Torment expansion. This is from the trailer that they produced for the expansion before it was released, and it is composed by Jake Kaufman. What I like about this is that it not only kind of invokes the creepiness of the Spectre Knight character, but it also has some of that uh, good classical music influence and makes you feel like you are diving back into that era of music, but it maintains the upbeat, pacey quality of modern electronic chiptune music. Do any of you have any connection with the Shovel Knight soundtrack? I adore the original Shovel Knight, and I also really love uh, Spectre of Torment. Um, It's actually one of my favorite games that I've played this year, so thank you for uh, reminding me of this uh, just brilliant experience before I expire, uh, Hjul. It was was very kind of you to think of me when choosing this track. Uh, It's bringing back some really positive memories. Um, I think the the Spectre himself is is just, he's, he's fantastic to control that slash ability that doubles up as an attack and also a way of moving around the the stage it's just a brilliant brilliant expansion and i recommend it to anyone who's left alive after this show i've not played specter of torment the uh, the add-on but uh, the shovel knight in the first add-on uh absolutely sublime games that everyone should play i can't recommend shovel knight enough and the soundtrack is just stunning to die for <laughs> This is Shadows and Scythes by Jake Kaufman.
into the frightening round, with question 13 going to Carl Moon. Which of the following spooky sights cannot be found in any of the Tony Hawk games? A. An evil tiki statue that transports skaters to an alternate dimension. B. A floating candelabra terrifies a hapless man in a haunted house. C. Skaters open a fiery portal to hell after grinding six times around a Masonic pentagram. Or D. An alien lies on an operating table in Roswell, New Mexico. Well, having not played the more horrific entries into the Tony Hawk's series, I can't say for sure. Now, I believe there is an alien on an operating table, so that is there. And I've got a feeling that the pentagram one might not be true, but it does seem it's a bit out there. So I'll, I will go with the I'll go with the pentagram. Again, you are correct. For some extra spooky fun, Iron Maiden lent their zombie mascot Eddie to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 as a playable character. <laughs> that is Carl's fifth question and fifth point. We can only hope our listeners are as successful. <laughs> Number 14, Leah. The mysterious, likely fictitious, arcade game Polybius was said to have caused headaches, insomnia, night terrors, amnesia, and hallucinations in players in 1981. Soon after disappearing, with some versions of the urban legend saying that Men in Black removed the machines, the majority of urban legends about the Polybius arcade game say that the game was playable in the suburbs of which American city? A. Portland, Oregon B. Sacramento, California C. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania or D. Newark, New Jersey Well, I, I live between Philadelphia and Newark, so... And you haven't run into any copies of Polybius? Not so far, no. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not there. I have heard the stories about Polybius, so that seems like a thing that um, might happen in California, so I'll go with B. With Sacramento, California. Unfortunately, the answer is Portland, Oregon. <sighs> Jeff Minter made his own version of Polybius in 2017 available for PS4 and PC. Number 15 goes to Josh. Yeah. Akira Yamaoka's music has become synonymous with the Silent Hill brand. To which of the following non-horror games did Yamaoka not contribute music? A. Rumble Roses XX B. Cinemora C. International Superstar Soccer Pro 98 or D. Night Striker. Now, I've looked at how many questions I have left, so I know I'm definitely dead. Um, <laughs> so, um, there really isn't any point in me answering this question at this point. There might be a point in the final round, you never know. Oh, that's true. I don't know what the f- that's true. Thank you, Heel, uh, for giving me a sliver of hope. Sucking up is not going to get you an additional point, Josh. <laughs> and sucking won't either, as you have already found. Look, some people fail Are upwards. Sh- Just ask the American president. Oh. <laughs> That's too scary even for me. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, the football game that you mentioned. See International Superstar Soccer Pro 98. <laughs> 
I'm afraid, was composed by Akira Yamaoka. <laughs> Night Striker was composed by Masahiko Takai, a member of the Taito house band Zuntata. Well, Josh, I'm afraid things aren't going your way so far, but who knows, you might be able- Well, I'm not gonna kid you. <laughs> Our next track is actually a combination of two from Alice Madness Returns. These tracks are called Madness and Moorgate Station, and I, in particular, really like the way that they incorporate that deep cello sound into the mix. It gives a really warm feeling to this alienating madness that pervades the games. Leah, this seems like the kind of game that you'd be into. Am I misreading that? No, not at all. I uh, I, I prefer the original uh, Alice, uh, American McGee's Alice, but um, I also... I. I it seemed like a lot of people were maybe expecting something different from the sequel uh, and weren't particularly pleased with what they got. But I actually enjoyed Madness Returns. Um, it's it's very creepy. It has uh, an aesthetic that I, I really enjoy. And um, yeah, I, I would like to see another one, but um, I, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen. Uh, I, I do enjoy the game, though. American McGee has recently uh, said that he has interest in creating a third one, so who knows, who knows. What is it about the original that you like better than the sequel? It just felt like, and to be to be fair, I uh, have not played the original in quite a while. It may not hold up as well as my memory would have it, but uh, I, I felt like the stages blended into each other better. It almost felt like they had more of a connection to the Alice in Wonderland story than, than Madness Returns. I mean, of course, there are plenty of connections to Alice in Wonderland in Madness Returns, um, but it, it it felt farther removed to me. Uh, mm. I, Alice in Wonderland has always been one of my favorite stories uh, in and was when I was smaller as well, although, albeit not in the way that uh, Madness Returns would have it. But um, yeah, I, I think I just felt a, a bigger... Uh, better connection to the original that way. For the English fellows on the podcast, is Morgate Station a real place? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a, it's a station near the, the Barbican, which is actually like a really, you know, high-class area now. I don't know what it was like uh, back when um, Alice was walking the streets of London, but right now it's quite affluent. You never would have guessed based on its appearance in the game. Well, let us listen to these two tracks. This is Madness and Moorgate Station.
next round of questions. We have question 16. So far, the score is Carl with five, Leo with three, and Josh just doing his best. (laughs) Number 16 for Carl. The Order 1886 was developed by Ready at Dawn. To which platform is Ready at Dawn's most recent game exclusive? A. Oculus Rift. B. Android. C. PlayStation 4. Or D. Nintendo Switch. Hmm. They've worked alongside Sony for a long time, but I feel like the PlayStation 4 is a bit of an obvious answer. But then why do Oculus and not PlayStation VR? That's tough. So I will go with Android, given that it's open source. I'm afraid this is your first wrong answer. Lone Echo, published in July of this year, is a Rift exclusive. Mm. It launched alongside Echo Arena, a free standalone version of Lone Echo's multiplayer mode. Your streak has been broken, unfortunately, but it gives the others a chance to catch up. Or at least Leah. Number 17, going to Leah. Game designer Mike Dawson lends his likeness and name to the main character of a game famous for using the art of which famous artist? A. Dado, B. H.R. Giger, C. Junji Ito, or D. Richard Corbin? Cool. Okay. I am going to say C. C. Junji Ito, known for his... What is the name of that one? The spiraling comic Uzumaki. book? Uh, unfortunately, the answer is H.R. Giger. Dang. I thought that was uh, too obvious. Oh, well. Mike Dawson, the designer and self-insert main character of Darkseed, wrote two episodes of Family Matters as his only other credit. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number 18 goes to Josh. In Silent Hill... Harry travels to the nightmare world in a hospital by traveling to which floor of the hospital following a Japanese superstition leading to real hospitals in Japan, not including this numbered floor? A, three, B, four, C, five, or D, six. Now, I've played pretty much all of the Silent Hills. I'm trying to think how many floors the hospital had. I'm going to say A, free, because video games rule of free, and also that just seems like, I, that seems like the right answer. Unfortunately, the answer is four. <laughs> the Japanese words for four and death are pronounced the same. She. I knew that she was four. I did not know that it was death. I'm, I'm learning Japanese very slowly. <laughs> Our next track is a cover composed by friend of the show, Insane in the Rain Music. This is a track originally from Grant Kirkhope's Banjo-Tooie soundtrack called Witchy World, but I like the playful bounciness of the track while also maintaining the evil witchiness of Gruntilda, who owns the Witchy World theme park. Let's listen to Witchy World by Insane in the Rain Music.
we have our last round of questions before the final round, which is a bit different, so. The score as it stands right now is still 5-3-0. Number 19 to Carl. A message indicating the game was based on a true story was added to the Western release of which Japanese horror game? A. Clock Tower B. Fatal Frame C. Silent Hill 2 or D. Corpse Party Oh. Eh. A. Clock Tower is incorrect again. The correct answer is Fatal Frame, which was not based in Japanese reality, but was based on several urban legends and stories from Japanese culture. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure, but I don't think that you can capture ghosts with a camera. Making that message a strange inclusion. <laughs> Number 20, going to Leah. Simon Belmont, simply called Vampire Killer, made a playable cameo appearance in which Konami game? A. Racing Force B. Midnight Run, Road Fighter 2, C, Dance Dance Revolution 3rd Mix, or D, Evolution Skateboarding. So I don't know this, um, despite the fact that I have played a lot of Castlevania, but um, I really want it to be Dance Dance Revolution, so I'm going to guess that. The correct answer is Evolution Skateboarding, (sighs) where Simon appeared alongside Solid Snake and Frogger. Number 21, this might be your last chance to get on the board, Josh. Maniac Mansion contains some notable product placement in its twisted hallways. What product was advertised in this early point-and-click? A. Pepsi B. Budweiser C. M&M's Or D. Hoover Much like a media studies degree, acing this doesn't really help me long term. So I'm going to go with Hoover just because if it's true, it's the funniest answer. I hate to do it. I actually love to do this to you, but even still, it is a Pepsi. Coca-Cola was originally offered the in-game advertising spot, but they were not interested. Well, unfortunately, Josh wasn't able to earn any points in the main rounds of the game. And I'm not quite sure, based on how the rules work, if he's going to be able to turn around or not, but we'll see. See how it goes. Our next track is a request from the forum, coming from the stunt lady, who says, Partly because it's almost Halloween, and partly because I haven't yet seen any submissions from this wonderful horror gem, I'm requesting a track called The Janitor Awaits from Little Nightmares. Although this is a relatively short and straightforward puzzle solver, The scenarios you encounter as the frail, diminutive figure in its yellow raincoat are genuinely upsetting. Everything in this world is gigantic and grotesque, designed specifically to disturb on a deep subconscious level. Naturally, the visuals are masterfully underscored by the game's sound design and music. This particular track marks a critical segment of the game where the player must escape from a horribly deformed creature known as the janitor. The ambient noises and metallic clangs evoke the harsh, cold environment of a ship's boiler room as you continue your attempts to evade this monster. Then, just as you think you're safe, the track comes to a screeching crescendo which cranks up the tension, and with your heart racing, you run that much closer to freedom, mere inches from the janitor's unnaturally long reach. If you're a fan of atmospheric horror, I highly recommend Little Nightmares. Its incredible visuals and unsettling score 
will stay with you long after the credits roll. This track, The Janitor Awaits, by Tobias Lilja. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that anywhere even close to correct. <laughs> Comes from Little Nightmares, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, based on the tracks that you've requested in past appearances, Josh, it seems like you have a taste for this more kind of atmospheric, less tune-based horror track. I like my horror tracks to be scary, so yeah, absolutely. I, I prefer this kind of more atmospheric uh, track, you know, t- stuff that kind of reminds me of my favorite horror movies are stuff like Alien and The Thing, so anything that evokes that kind of atmosphere is going to appeal to me. I haven't personally played Little Nightmares, so I'm not I'm not sure how um, the music's going to play out here, but um, everything I've seen and heard of it says that it's definitely the kind of horror that would appeal to me. Let us listen to the stunt lady's request. This is The Janitor Awaits. Final round, we have one question left for all of you to answer. I will give you a question first, and you will not be given any answers to choose from. You will have to write your own answer. You can choose to bet any amount of points that you wish, and I guess, Josh, you can have a point if you get it correct, since you don't have anything to bet with at this moment. Guys, I'm all in. (laughs) He's all in. To remind everyone, the score right now is Carl with five, 
Leah with three, and Josh with nothing. So really, it's anyone's game. <laughs> now before I read the question, I will need to hear your bets. Carl, how many of your points are you putting on the line for this? Mm, two. Two. That'll leave you with three if you get it incorrect, and with seven if you get it correct. Leah, how many points are you putting on the line? Yeah, see, he did the smart bet. I am going to make it interesting and bet all three. Betting all three. Excellent. And Josh, you get a point if you get it correct. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, if I don't, if I don't get it and you did, well, you'd still lose to Carl, but that's okay. <laughs> now, I will need each of you to write down your answer somewhere so you don't change your answer when you hear everyone else. Question 22. This horror game was altered for its German and French releases to remove a scene set in a concentration camp. With this scene removed, players were unable to finish the game, as the end game portion requires something obtained during this scene. To which game am I referring? Now before we get the answers to that, which you may write down now, we will hear one final track to assist you in your thinking. This is the theme from The Skull, from F-Zero GX, composed by Hidenori Shoji and Daiki Kasho. Leah has the chance to pull ahead in this, the final round, if she answers it correctly and if Carl answers it incorrectly. Josh has the opportunity to pull ahead of Leah if she answers incorrectly and he answers correctly, but, you know, that only gets him so far. It's the little victories that matter. And Carl has the opportunity to blow the others out of the water. Let us see what your answer was. Again, to remind the audiences, a horror game with the scene set in a concentration camp that, with the scene removed for French and German audiences, the game was not able to be properly finished. Let's start with Josh. Josh, what is your answer to this devilish question? Um, I, I forgot you said horror game at the beginning of the question. It's not like those bouncy party games also set in concentration camps. <laughs> So, um, I, I went with 
Call of Duty because I just heard Concentration Camp and immediately thought World War Two. So I don't know which one. So I'm just gonna say Call of Duty Two. Maybe I don't know. All right, and Leah, what was your answer? I don't know this one either, so I took a guess, uh, and I went with a horror game that I have not actually played, uh, so I am going to say Resident Evil 3. Okay. Hmm. And Carl, what was your answer? I went the same way as Josh. I went for Call of Duty Zombies. I'm afraid none of you got the question correct. (laughs) Making the final score, Carl with three, Leah with nothing, and Josh tied with a zero. Well... <laughs> the correct answer to this question, for those of you playing along, is I have no mouth and I must scream. <gasps> Can I just say, like, what a powerful metaphor for sexism, Leah getting most of the questions right <laughs> and then ending up with the same score as someone who did terribly during the whole thing by the end of the day. F- fantastic bit of uh, <laughs> symbolism there, Huel. I love it. The well-known stereotype of women being prone to gambling <laughs> as reinforced by the Simpsons. Y- yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm basically Marge. Well, that is the end of our show and the end of Two of Your Lives, unfortunately. Carl, good work for doing very well in our first rendition of Huel Wuthering's Frightening Round. We have one final track to go out on today, but first, Carl, do you have anything to say to those for whom you've robbed the opportunity to live? First of all, I'd like to say thank you very much, Earl. Uh, It's been an honor being on your show. It's Huel, but... You know what? I'll take it. I'm going to miss you guys. Uh, It it has been a pleasure recording uh, podcasts with you, especially yourself, Josh, for six years. You'll always be remembered. It's going to be a shame to lose Leah. She's been a valuable addition to the team, but, you know, there could only be one winner. (laughs) See you later, losers. It has. (laughs) Carl, Carl, I was was really, really close to finishing Persona 5 today. Could you... Could you take my save and and finish it in my name? It would be my pleasure. Thank you. I will do that for you. Thanks. Well, thank you for playing along. I hope that those of you at home have had fun as well. Our last track that we will go out on today is called Monstrous Turtles. This is an overclocked remix of a song from Super Mario World, originally composed by Koji Kondo and remixed by Zircon. This track is both spooky and very danceable at the same time. I like how mad with its instruments it goes later on as it really kind of kicks up the speed and uh, brings a lot more energy to the mix. The original track is a favorite of mine, of course, from the mini castles that you run across throughout the game. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next year. (laughs) 